Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Dr. Chris Featherstone here. So, um, I've been a, been away for a while, unfortunately. Um, because I had COVID. How about that? Um, just had a rush a couple weeks ago, had a, a major rush of symptoms, send up testing positive, just ruined. I was supposed to, supposed to go uh, do some journalism to go to WrestleMania the uh, the hours after, the morning, <laughs> the morning after I found out. So I had to shut that down, quarantined for over a week, uh, for 10 days. Um, uh, and so yeah it was it was pretty bad so after my quarantine was up the next morning i went to the hospital because i had back surgery so i've been recovering from back surgery so it's been spending a lot of my time at home most of my time at home so um yeah it's been a pretty hectic uh three weeks for me but at the same time I'm still managing. I, um, I, I'm no longer COVID contagious, and I feel good. No fever. Haven't had a fever for a week. Praise the Lord. Feeling good. Uh, still sore from my back surgery, but uh, very manageable. Can walk around and do things like that. So, um, I am super grateful that I am on the uh, <laughs> the positive end of all of this. That that came so thankfully all of my family tested negative i was the only one who uh, tested positive have some theories of how it could have happened but not quite sure but at the end of the day i'll take it for the team uh, any day of the week uh, i was glad that i only got it and uh, not my family so i was able to keep them safe thankfully our house is big enough to completely separate myself from my family and that's what we did and so uh, they stayed safe and everybody's good and everybody's back together and having dinner together and all that good stuff. So that is a brief synopsis of my absence the past few weeks. <clears throat> so um, I had a client that we were talking about uh, pornography addiction. I was uh, really um, giving him some nuggets as far as pornography addiction. And I was really wanting to uh have this conversation um with with christians about pornography addiction um, now i think it's really really important to understand the implications of pornography addiction and that it is a major statistic uh for christians and non-christians last time i checked research wise uh, Sixty-five percent of non-Christian men uh, uh, and thirty percent of non-Christian women admit that they uh, have had some pornography addiction, and sixty-four percent of Christian men and fifteen percent of Christian women admitted that. So essentially, the statistics mirror when, with Christian and non-Christian men when it comes to. Uh, pornography addiction which is definitely not surprising uh, for me as a psychology doctor uh, because men um, are very sexual you know 
beings. They're very animalistic. Uh, our sex drives are uh, very high. Typically, we're, we're primal, you know, and things like that. So that's not a surprise to me, honestly. Um, but I think it's important for me as a clinician, um, as a psychology doctor, uh, to lay down the facts of why pornography addiction is so damaging to your brain. So when you think of pornography addiction, it actually uh, influences your prefrontal cortex. Now, when you come, when you're thinking of your prefrontal cortex, your prefrontal cortex deal with uh, perception, it deals with uh, willpower, it deals with uh, rationale, uh, rational thinking, it deals with um, uh, social development, cognitive development. Those are all things that deal with your, you know, that uh, are, are functions of your prefrontal cortex. What happens is once you consume pornography, especially from a um, frequency standpoint, what happens there is it damages your prefrontal cortex. It creates a vivid stamp of an image that really confuses and thwarts your prefrontal cortex to think and act rationally because you're starting to escape in a realm of fantasy that is not reality. So your brain is twirling between reality and fantasy and it's affecting your tolerance levels and it's affecting uh, affecting your uh, way to handle things effectively. And it actually there's a lot of studies that show <clears throat> that pornography consumption actually reverts one's mind an adult's mind back into a juvenile mindset. So one of the biggest things when it comes to the thought and cognitive development between a adult and a minor is the ability to think rationally. That is one of the biggest things. That's the reason why there's age limits to rent a car, to drive a car, to drink, you know. So <clears throat> those things that the cognitive cognitive development is one of the biggest factors of the importance of understanding the thought processes of adults compared to children. All right. That's the reason why, you know, I would a 30 year old would have a better chance of managing a bank account than a three year old. All right. Because the cognitive ability is much more when it when it comes to an adult male or female compared to a child. All right. So what happens is the ability to think rationally is major when it comes to those uh, that dynamic there. When you consume porn uh, pornography, it reverts the adult rational mindset back to a childlike mindset, and it, it, it thwarts and influ heavily influences negatively the ability to think rationally. All right, so us psychology <clears throat> experts, we call it escapism. Right, so typically what happens with pornography is that you have a bunch of things that's going on. All right. I deal with a lot of patients who deal with anxiety and ADHD. All right. So I give them this pen analogy that I coined. Um and I and I tell them this. This is how I show them. I got a bunch of pins here. 
And so what happens is um, I got a bunch of pins <clears throat> and each pin is a particular uh, tasks, uh, a particular task that I'm giving or I'm allowing myself to have per day. All right. Um, I, for instance, let's, let's do me. All right. Um, I have to, um, get up in the morning, um, you know, do all the hygiene things. Uh, actually, the first thing when I do get up is I pray and I read my Bible, do those things. Some morning stuff. I, uh, make lunch for my, my daughter. Um, she's in daycare, any snacks that my sons need. Um, I, um, I take my children to daycare and school in the morning. Uh, and then I either work from my home office or my work office. So I'm, I'm working all day. Um, I, um, go to the gym after work. I come home with my family and do dinner. Um, I, um, do podcast work and I do, um, schoolwork. All right. So on a particular day, um, there's other things, you know, I'm a small group leader and things like that, but on a particular day, I'm holding eight pins. All right. So if kids need me to do something, if wife needs me to do something, if I get an emergency email from a client, things like that. So I'm already getting more pins. All right. So this had to, this had to occur with a lot of skill and uh, being able to manage my time. But on an average day, on a typical day, not only are people dealing with this with high anxiety, but they're also dealing with, oh my goodness, I got to test this this weekend. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that conversation that happened with that person. Oh my goodness, I got a meeting. I don't know how it's going to work. I got a presentation next month. I don't know how to do it. So essentially someone with uh, high anxiety and or ADHD is dealing with this every day. All right. Uh, uh, my spouse, my spouse and I are, you know, seeing eye to eye or something like that. So that's another bit. All right. So this is the mind of uh, someone who's dealing with, um, uh, ADHD quite a bit. All right. Um, and anxiety and high anxiety. So <clears throat> what happens is, especially from the standpoint of a guy is I'm trying to handle all of these things all at once. And I'm also trying to feel like I can manage it and not seek therapy for it because I got this. I, I, I got this. I, um, I got so much bravado. I, I got this, right? So what happens is this is where the escapism psychological term comes in. They resort to a screen because they can't handle this. It's just not, they're not able to handle all this by themselves. So what happens is they say, okay, I'll engage into fantasy world i'll temporarily get a fix and escape from this through this screen so as i'm watching the screen i'm escaping away from all the pins all right so here's the deception 
once you're done watching the screen, guess what comes back? The pins right in front of your face. And so what happens is, oh man, pins are back. Screen, temporary suspense pins. Done with screen, pins come back. So in order to help the addiction when it comes to pornography, any, anything really, drugs, you can add drugs in this too. Um, what happens is the, uh, the fear uh, of all these things coming in leads to the anxiety. The anxiety leads to the depression. The depression leads into the escapism. All right. Isolation and abandonment are two of the biggest factors of depression. No one understands. No one hears me and things like that. That's why, unfortunately, um, suicide is, is huge. And unfortunately, the reason why um, pastors deal with suicide, because not only do they feel like no one hears them, but they don't tell anybody. And so they have to deal with this and it becomes too much. And so the best way to handle this effectively is to seek therapy because this is what a therapist does a therapist helps you systematically talk about and deal with all of these pins all right and at the end of the day the therapist will a good therapist will be honest with you and say guess what you can only deal with this on a daily basis these got to go you can't do it, all right? Because you're going to get probably two to three more a day from externally. So internally, you got to, this is it. You got to deal with it for your health, for your personal well-being. You can only deal with these pins on a daily basis. If you try to pick up this, you are hurting yourself. You are hurting yourself. Don't do it. Because what's going to happen is, you're going to pick these back up again and then you're going to realize how overwhelming they are and guess where you're going to go you're going to go back to the screen all right because you're going to use that as a way of escape all right so do not continue to damage your prefrontal cortex and that's what pornography does your frontal lobe and what happens is it damages it because it affects your willpower it affects your ability to think rationally it affects your tolerance level with other people and especially when you're married this is what it does <clears throat> it creates a false sense of comparison an unfair sense of comparison because you're dealing with so many different body types you're dealing with uh, uh, a very fantasy and false sense of sex drive and you're torturing yourself because this is essentially what you're doing. You are being a part of that sexual act. You're watching that, pretending and wanting to be there, wanting to be a part of uh, that sexual act. What if you want to feel her breast or touch her butt or do whatever or, or penetrate her, whatever it is that you want to do with that particular person in that screen? You're watching the act. But essentially what you're doing is you're chaining yourself to a chair and you're sitting in that room with them. And even though you're there in the room with them, they can't see you. They can't hear you. 
They can't feel you. You can't feel them. You can't do any of that stuff. So you're chained to a chair saying, I want to do it. I want to feel her too. I want to do all these things too. And they can't see you or hear you. That's, a, that's essentially what's going on when you're looking at a screen. And so they can't see you. They can't feel you. They can't smell you. They can't touch you. You can't touch them. But the enemy is creating such a distorted thought in your head that you can touch them, that you can feel them, that you can physically see them. And so that is the deception that goes on in your mind. That is the fantasy that's created. And then what happens is when you're in a marriage or even a relationship, specifically a marriage, what happens is that false sense of reality becomes a perception of truth. And then you start to compare your spouse to that person or those persons if you're if it's an addiction to you and your tolerance level starts to lower when it comes to your spouse, your expectation level start to lower. You start wanting her to feel to, to feel a certain way sexually, to think a certain way sexually. Here's the anecdote to that. <clears throat> and this is stuff that I've told clients before. If you know that you have a high sex drive and that is something that you know and that, you know, perfectly y'all didn't have sex before marriage. Um, but for those who did beforehand, can't do nothing about that. You know, you're forgiven, repent, walk away uh, from that. You're married now. So, <laughs> you know, um, but if you are still single or a single Christian couple, even non-Christian couple, but particular single, single Christian couple, if you're still uh, abstinent and you still haven't had sex with each other, um, one, as your brother, don't do it. It's not worth it. It's worth saving. Um, and two, uh, understand that you should have those conversations if you feel better having with uh, an accountable third party couple or something like that, as far as your sex drive is concerned, be honest with yourself. Say, look, I have a very high sex drive. And when we get married, I'm going to tear you up. <laughs> like, that's just <laughs> that's just how I'm feeling. I have a very high sex drive. All right. And um, your sex drive with your spouse. I mean, if, if that's something that you really 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 want have those conversations you know have those conversations be real with each other say look i'm really hoping that our sex drive will be pretty high you know when we're married because mine is really really in order to tame it it's going to take you know four or five six days a week so be honest with yourself when it comes to that in that uh couple stage especially when you're married so when you have that conversation with each other, put it in action, do life with each other, explore with each other. This is what I tell one of my clients, because a lot of times guys, they go to a screen because they're too afraid to have the wild and crazy conversations with their spouse. Have those conversations with your spouse. You might discover that your spouse is just as wild and crazy as you are, um, the marriage bed is undefiled. So as long as it's dealing with you and your spouse alone, no porn, no other person. Look, if you want to have, you know, 
just wild sex in the bed with you and your spouse have at it you know have at it have fun doing it and so have those conversations be real with your spouse and say look i am a freak all right i am committed to you but i'm gonna be honest i want to touch you all over i want to feel on you i want to have you alone and fun and wild and just let our desires run free in the bed all right and have those conversations because essentially what you're going to do is you're going to be willing and, and, and note this down tell yourself i am willing to embarrass myself with in with sharing my desires with my spouse than being embarrassed by watching pornography all right let me say that again i am willing to embarrass myself sharing my desires with my spouse than being embarrassed by watching pornography all right invest that time with your spouse sexually conversations transparency i'm a freak you know just be, be honest with her be honest with him ladies i'm a freak i want sex 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 and uh, you know have it first corinthians 7 you know promotes that um uh, don't withhold from each other have sex you know we have lots of it if if uh that's something that y'all mutually agree on so do it do it do it do it do it and for those who have a lower sex drive um you know look if you know that your spouse has a high sex drive do it <laughs> do it i mean that's that's really there's no there, you can't get, get as direct any more direct than that just do it you know what i mean just don't give the enemy any foothold um don't don't give anybody any type of ammunition to want to infiltrate your marriage and, I, and i've said this to my client before look invest in your wife <clears throat> ladies invest in your husband throughout the day send pleasantries send pictures you know send uh very provocative comments because this is what that does and this is you know if someone out there is married and dealing with pornography this is a way to deal with the pornography one get those pins and seek a therapist to be honest with you to tell you what you can and can't handle all right for one don't make it escape don't don't escape don't use pornography at all but specifically don't use that as a way of escape because you're dealing with so much anxiety and depression all right two have a conversation and be sexual with your wife invest invest all that time that you're wasting in pornography and spend it in your wife be willing to embarrass yourself at the expense of already being embarrassed by watching pornography have that conversation and wife open that up to him open that up to him have a con and even do it yourself to him you know say i'm thinking about you i want to touch all over you send messages throughout the day because here's the thing especially if someone's at work if i'm sending messages to my wife and my wife is sending messages to me especially if the wife is sending it to the husband knowing that he's already a 
a hound <laughs> and ready to rock anyways, that's showing him that you ready to rock and roll too. And so if you're sending pictures, if you're sending, you know, peaches, you know, and he, he's sending eggplants and <clears throat> all those things, that is investing your time and concentrating your time on your spouse. So I'm thinking in my head, look, if my spouse is sending me all these messages and I'm getting aroused, you know, look, I ain't got time to be thinking about coworker, you know what I mean, down the cubicle or down the block or down the hallway, hallway or office if my wife is sending me hot pics and, and pleasantries and I'm getting horny looking at, you know, pictures and messages, I'm invested in my wife. I'm looking at this phone. And I'm like, oh, I'm ready to rock. I'm excited. You know, and if someone tries to come and flirt, you know, you're like, what? Excuse me. You know, because you're thinking about getting home with your wife and getting it in, you know, so invest in each other sexually that way throughout the day, you know, and that will drastically improve any inclination or any desire to fill a void that's really big when it comes to pornography too filling a void so make that investment within each other all right so my prayer is that you know those who are struggling with pornography and trust me years ago that was me a transparency moment uh, I, I struggle with pornography uh, i'm free from it praise the lord and uh, over the years i've done a bunch of research and developed two tools from a therapeutic standpoint to help others uh, deal with the two. So don't let it be an escape route. It's not going to help. It affects your brain. It affects your brain for two. And for three, for those who are married, uh, even in a committed relationship, you know, planning marriage, engagement, things like that. Uh, don't let it come in the way of each other. And for those who are married, you have the God-given ability to explore healthy with your spouse. Take full advantage of that. Take full advantage of it. Explore with your spouse. Have wild lovemaking. That is the joy of being married. You have just the ability to touch and feel and all everything else with you and your wife only um and yeah it's exciting so um if y'all both gotta lose a few pounds be you know go to the gym together if y'all want to get if y'all want to have that uh you know that better body or whatever help each other encourage each other you know give each other pleasantries you look good today you look sexy give each other those pleasantries all right and so invest in each other sexually invest in each other intimately fill each other with messages pictures all things like that and don't give the enemy a foothold all right this is dr chris featherstone i really really pray for those who are still struggling with pornography um trust me i understand um and i understand how it is to be free from it and don't have a desire to get into it um and that can be you and that will be you uh, if you just take these tools and follow them, spend some time in prayer and, of course, spend some time investing in scripture and keeping yourself accountable. All right. God bless you all. Peace.